Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are in the world. This is Augie of the Blago Blabber podcast. I'd like to welcome everyone to yet another show, podcast number 51. A lot to get to, the NBA trade deadline. I want to talk about some of the acquisitions that were made. And at the end, I want to give my winner and loser of the uh, NBA trade deadline. So I'm just kind of going to go over some of the trades, and some of them are from days prior to the actual trade deadline. Um, but there were some big players dealt uh, before the trade deadline, as as we know. Ben Simmons, James Harden, Tyrese Halliburton. So uh, I just want to get into some of the trades and, and kind of speak about it. And, you know, a lot of players moving uh, moving to a new team, new start, fresh start, bigger aspirations. So let's get into it. Uh, the first trade I'm going to talk about is the Indiana Pacers receiving Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. Sacramento gets... Uh, Devontae Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, and a second round draft pick. So this is this was a crazy trade because it kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, Halliburton is slowly becoming one of the better young point guards in the league. Like easily. I think the issue is one, he plays in Sacramento, a historically bad team. And number two, it's on the West Coast, right? So we don't get to see a lot of his games. You know, Sacramento time with, with Eastern time, three-hour difference. Most of his games are on at 10 o'clock, 10.30, whatever the case may be. So, you know, for the casual NBA fan, might not know too much about Tyrese Halliburton, but he is one of the up-and-coming uh, point guards in the league. Knockdown shooter. He can defend. He can do a bit of everything. He's long, lanky. Um, just, a, just a really good prospect that's coming up. And, you know, draft year, I wasn't too fond of him. There were some questions about his shooting mechanics. And I remember talking to Yusuf about it, who Yusuf has been on the show before. And I was like, what the heck is that? Like, that's an ugly, ugly shot. Uh, but he's been he's been effective. So, um, so yeah, he's turning into one of the better better point guards. And good for him. And it really looked like he wanted to be in, in Sacramento, to tell you the truth. I, one of his last uh, interviews, he said he wants to be, you know, one of the guys that solves the problems in Sacramento and that builds a winning franchise uh, going forward. And unfortunately, he won't be there for that. So uh, Kirk uh, Goldsberry posts a lot of stats on uh, Twitter. And he's if, if you're like a stats junkie, he's probably someone that you want to follow in there. So I'm going to rip off some stats of Halliburton. Uh, so he's 12th in, in, in steals, 11th in assists. He's 6th in efficiency off jumpers, 58.7%. He's 2nd in off the dribble threes at 40.6%, 42.6% on catch and shoot threes. And in 11 games without Fox, he's averaging 19 and 10. Really, really good numbers. And it's interesting because I was speaking to a friend literally maybe 12 hours even before the before the trade went through. And we were kind of talking about Sacramento and he was saying that, you know, it's, it's probably going to have to be either Fox or, or Halliburton that they stick with. And we both kind of agreed that Fox is probably the player that was going to get traded and that they're going to build around Halliburton. And Fox has had an interesting season. I think it was the game against Toronto where he kind of came out and said, you know, Toronto is a very well-coached team. They know exactly what they want. They have a plan going forward. It's a winning culture. And ever since then, I kind of looked at Fox differently. Not in the sense that, you know, that he hates Sacramento, but he just wants a, a team that has some kind of direction, right? A team that drafts well, a team that's, you know, not just fighting for the playoffs, that wants to do something in the playoffs. So it's interesting that, you know, Halliburton is the one that gets traded and they kept Fox. And as always, after the trade deadline, there's always rumors about other teams being interested in players and Fox, I, th I believe, was on the Knicks radar and it just never got done. And at one point, you know, folks weren't ruling out Sacramento dealing both guys and having Devion Mitchell being the future point guard of the team. I love Devion Mitchell, one of my favorite players coming out of the last draft, but I'm not sure he's a pure point guard. 
I think he's more of a shooting guard, even though he's only like 6'1", 6'2", he can defend. He's starting to play better. He's starting to shoot a little bit better. But I'm not sure he's your answer at uh, point guard for you know going forward. He's a nice two guard, two guard or a guy coming off the bench right now. But he is like a player that you want to ease in, and and you know I think it's just too much giving him the keys to the offense right away in his first season. Um, he'll go into Pacers, one of the better three point shooters in the league. Right away we heard that the Pacers maybe could trade him to yet another team. Uh, I didn't think that was going to happen. Having him as as a really good three-point shooter, I, th- I thought that Indiana was always going to keep him. And then maybe, not too sure what his contract is, but if you want to trade him in the offseason, I can see that happening. Um, this is his worst three-point shooting percentage since his rookie season. So he's 36.8% this year. And as a, for his career, he's 40%. So he's about 3% lower than, than he usually is. That doesn't mean anything, though, because he's still had games this season where he's knocked down like seven or eight. Right, He just comes off the bench and he he's just shoots threes like 13, 14 a game sometimes. Um, you know, Lakers were interested in, in healed in the offseason, but they decided to go with Russell Westbrook. So we kind of wonder what would that have looked like if he was in L.A. and, you know, Westbrook either stayed in Washington or if he went to a different uh, situation. But doesn't look like, I mean, doesn't not that doesn't look like it just didn't happen. And they decided to go with Russell Westbrook. And, you know, the Lakers are where they are right now because of that. Uh, Sabonis is an upgrade at center for for the Sacramento Kings over uh, Metu and, and Holmes. And I even had, in brackets, I even have maybe even over Bagley. Bagley's not there anymore. We'll get to that later on. 19-12-5 guy. Most of his stuff is in and around the basket. Uh, he's not a great three-point shooter. And after this trade, I believe the Kings have one guy who shoots over 33% from the three-point line. So in a league where, you know, you have to have... You look at Miami and all the shooters that they have there. You know they have a bunch of guys who are over, probably close to forty. Uh, the Kings have one guy who's over thirty-three, and that's just not a recipe for success in today's NBA. Uh, you know they could have dealt Harrison Barnes and and De'Aaron Fox, like I said, but they decided to keep both of them because they want to make a push for the play-in and eventually make the playoffs. Uh, good luck to them if they if they can do that. Although I'll say one thing: they are one and zero with Sabonis in the lineup, so uh, it's looking good for them right now. No, but look. Um, Kings have been struggling for a while. Like the drafting and, and taking Marvin Bagley over Luka Doncic, I'm happy Bagley gets a new start now, a fresh start in, in Detroit. I get there's some questions about his competitiveness and, and things like that, but I'm just happy he's out of Sacramento where it didn't look like he was wanted. I'm not sure why he even re-upped there, why he signed a new contract, but he's out of there now. Uh, you know, he gets to go to Detroit where he's going to play a lot more. He's going to be playing with a young team, and he's going to be battering you know, Isaiah Stewart and some of these other guys for minutes, Olenek, whoever, whatever the case may be. So he's going to play a lot more than he did in, in, in Sacramento. So good for him. And I think we're finally going to see what we get out of him, whether that's good or whether that's bad. We're finally going to get to see Bagley with more minutes under his belt. Uh, King just once again, uh, did they just prove that they're the laughing stock of the NBA? Uh, they traded the one player that I think most people saw as an untouchable. Like if you, if you had to pick one player from each roster in the NBA that you say was untouchable. I think when you get to Sacramento, Halliburton is that guy. And that's taking nothing away from De'Aaron Fox. I just think that his time there is done as well. But they traded the one guy that they, you know, that they drafted last season who's, whose numbers are getting better this season from as opposed to his rookie season. And I think that it's the guy that they should have built around. And now they've traded him and it was... It, it was a shocker. Like, I, I just couldn't believe it. I kind of realized that they would probably trade one of Fox or Halliburton, but I just thought it would be Fox. 
um, and you know they didn't do that again. They didn't draft Doncic. They took uh, Marvin Bagley. There, there's some questionable um, other draft decisions that they made. Uh, Willie Cauley Stein. They took him as well. Um, Harry Giles. Of man, they're just all over the place. Scal Labusier, Labusier. Sorry, pronouncing that wrong. They took him as well. Like it's a lot of big guys, right? And in, in an NBA where it seems like it's going smaller, smaller, and you need to stretch. Stretch five, stretch fours. They're going with big guys uh, who are just in and around the basket. So um, I don't, I don't know about that plan going forward or how it's going to work, but it has um, failed them as of right now, right? So the next trade that I'm going to have is is the four team trade. So the Los Angeles Clippers receive Rodney Hood, um, Semi Ojale. Sacramento Kings receive Josh Jackson, Trey Lyles, and Dante DiVincenzo. Detroit receives Mar- um, Marvin Bagley Jr or the third, I should say, and Milwaukee receives Serge Ibaka, who's in the last um, year of his contract. So the Bucks team, I think, just got a bit too crammed for Dante DiVincenzo. Uh, he'll get a real chance to play with the Kings. I wouldn't be shocked if he even starts for them. Um, Fox has missed some games. We'll, again, with Davion Mitchell, we'll see what happens with him. He's come off the bench a lot, but he has started uh, recently. But even if you know Dante doesn't start, he'll get a lot of minutes off the bench, I feel, where he can kind of get into that six-man uh, of the year role. Um, Bucks are just becoming the team to beat in the NBA, honestly. I think that they have one of the best front courts. Like when Lopez gets injured, or when Lopez re- Lopez returns from injury, you know, they have a guy with, um, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of NBA experience, a guy who was on their roster last season. He can protect the room a little bit. He could step out and hit threes with with the best of the big men. And, you know, he has a championship under his belt. Portis has been balling this season. Excellent. Um, they picked him up, I guess, last season. He was great for them in the playoffs. He's continued that this season, starting center, stretch the floor. He can really shoot the ball now, which, again, in today's NBA, if you're a big man, you have to be able to step out and, and hit the three. And he's been very good. Ibaka, again, championship pedigree with the Raptors. Uh didn't play much for the late, uh, Clippers. He was injured a lot since he signed there. And he just kind of wasn't in favor anymore. Clippers are going with a lot of youth. And, you know, when you have an injured Kawhi and, and Paul George, that opens the door for a lot of the young players that they've drafted in the last two or three seasons and guys that they've even picked up as free agents to to play and, and kind of show what they have. And I think that team plays with a lot of heart. Like their record, I think it's better than the Lakers. And they've played the entire season without, well, the entire season without Kawhi and and <clears throat> much of the season without Paul George, who's also recovering from an injury. So, you know, they decided to let Ibaka go. He's in the last year of his contract, like I said. But I I really like the trade for the Bucks because again, Ibaka brings you uh, brings you some defense. He can step out and hit the shots. He's got a mid range game. He can protect the rim a little bit. You can never have enough of those guys. And Bucks are just a very very deep team. I think I think maybe Phoenix and the Bucks are two. And you can add the Golden State Warriors to that three of the deepest teams in the league by far. They can literally go like 11 and 12 deep, maybe even 13. It's crazy how well those three teams have been built. And Bucks until recently, you know, they were, I don't want to say they're, they're bad at building a team, but they've really, really stepped it up in in the last, you know, year, year and a half. You know, they got PJ Tucker last season who really helped them. And they've just, they've just continued this season. And as I mentioned before, uh, Marvin Bagley going to Detroit, you know, he'll get, more playing time there, hopefully, and we'll kind of see what he's about. But again, competitiveness, like, what does he really want to win? It's a young team. He's going to have to work hard to get minutes. There's a lot of young players 
everyone's scrapping for minutes. Everyone's fighting. Sadiq Bey looks like he's a really good player. Uh, they, they kept Jeremy Grant. They have Cunningham coming up. Isaiah Stewart, as I mentioned. Olenek. Um, Diallo. There, there's a there's a ton of good young players on the team. And, you know, the Sacramento Kings get one of my favorite players, Josh Jackson. Um, Trey Lyles is a solid guy off the bench. And like I said, Dante DiVincenzo is going to get a lot more playing time over there. Josh Jackson, if he can just develop a jump shot, and maybe it's too late for him now, but he could be a really good role player in the NBA. His defense is really good, um, but it's always been, the question mark for him has always been what happens on that offensive end, right? So, um, yeah, like I said, Bucks got really good. Detroit adds a player that that still trying to prove him play, still trying to prove himself. Sacramento just adding pieces. And yeah, the Clippers get Rodney Hood and Samuel Jolie. We'll see what happens with the two of them, um, if they're bought out or whatever the case may be. But we'll see what they contribute to the Lakers. And now the, uh, the blockbuster trade. Uh, Philadelphia 76ers receive James Harden and Paul Millsap, while the Brooklyn Nets receive Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, uh, Andre Drummond, and two first-round draft picks. So basically, if you've been living under a rock and you don't know what's going on, you know, James Harden hasn't formally didn't formally request to be traded because he didn't want to... You know, for the second year in a row, he didn't want to kind of look like the bad guy requesting a trade from yet another team. So he did the same thing in Houston. And Ben Simmons was, you know, didn't play at all for the 76ers this season. So the last we saw Ben Simmons is, you know, he was passing up a layup and giving the ball to uh, Matias Thibel. So you've basically traded a problem for a problem. Um, I just want to see what kind of state Ben Simmons is in after last season. Like, I want to see where he's at. So apparently he's going to travel with the... Nets on their road trip. He's excited to be there. Uh, he, I think he's, they said he's ta- spoken to KD. We'll see what kind of headspace he's in. You know you're going to get great playmaking from him and great defense. So so he's one of the best defenders in the league. He can guard five positions. Playmaking handles of a guard for a guy that's like 6'9", 6'10". The problems now, like his weaknesses. Can he shake his demons at the free throw line? Like this is very, very important. Can he shake those demons? Can he hit at least like 70, 75% of his free throws. I know it's asking for a lot for a guy who's probably in his 60s for his career, if not even lower. And the second thing is, can he play crunch time minutes due to his inability to make free throws? I think that's kind of what we're really underestimating or understating at this point. Like, that's crucial. If he just keeps getting fouled and keeps missing free throws, that's the difference between winning a game and losing a game in the playoffs where... um, the margins are so small. It might not cost Brooklyn, depending on where they finish in the first round, but, you know, second round is when it really picks up. And then, you know, the East Finals, the championship, the NBA Finals, whatever the case may be, we'll see how far they get. But it's when those, when, when every point counts. And can he do that? Um, if Philly gets the Houston James Harden, they'll be hard to beat. Very difficult to beat. The question for him is, what's his mentality if, if, Philly doesn't win the title. And I know he has a good relationship with, with Daryl Momori. And I'm wondering if he went to Brooklyn just as a stop before going to Philly. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like there was a lot of friction as soon as he got there. Apparently him and, and Kyrie just didn't get along. So so here's the thing. So Kyrie, Katie, and Harden only played 16 games together. So Kyrie and Harden had a tough time getting along. I'm not sure how many games they played together, but they had a tough time playing a handful of games together what would have happened if they played a full season together like 
Harden might have been traded at the start of the season, not at the trade deadline. When you take a look at Kyrie's availability and, and stuff like that, my main question with James Harden is the weight more so because he lost it as soon as he got to Brooklyn. The hamstring, is it an actual injury or was he just kind of faking it to get out of Brooklyn? Um, I think it's a new low if he's faking an injury to, to, to kind of get out of a place. I don't rate that from athletes. Like just request a trade and, and get out of there. Like You don't want to be there. They would probably be glad to trade you. Because they don't want to put up with you. They want they don't want to worry about your attitude issues down the road and, and what have you. But if Philly gets the Houston James Harden, the East is in trouble. If they get that guy. Um, you remember the games that we had where he, I think it was over 35 points. Like it was like 20 games where he had over 35 points. And look, he's the best player that um, Embiid has played with. No disrespect to Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons. James Harden is going to be the best player to ever play with um Joel Embiid and hopefully Embiid could stay healthy as well he's had some injury concerns in the past this season has been relatively healthy so going forward hopefully he can stay healthy hopefully James Harden could stay healthy and you know in a down year Harden's still averaging what 22 10 and 8 still a very very good um, output Andre Drummond was an underrated pickup in this case uh, he's still averaging you know six points and nine rebounds in 18 minutes he's been a really good backup backup for Embiid Probably the best backup Embiid has had since he's been in the NBA. Look, he can go out and get you 20, 25 rebounds on any given night. And I think that's, apart from, you know, defense, that's been exactly what Brooklyn's been missing since the big two came in. Let's call them the big two with Kyrie and and, and Katie. Because actually, since they got hardened, I'd say that was missing because Jared Allen got traded. So that's been kind of the missing link. I think they saw Claxton as maybe, Claxton as maybe an answer. He's been okay for them. I think Daron Sharps looked really good. Shed a lot of weight since his North Carolina days. And I know because I'm a North Carolina fan, so I watched a lot of him last season. So he shed a lot of weight. He's really good in in around the basket. Has a high motor. He can get to the get to the basket. He can give you some things offensively. Defensively, he's still a little bit iffy. We'll see if he ever gets there. But, you know, Drummond is a proven player who's had, I guess, 10 plus years now of NBA experience. So you know what you're going to get. Free throws, he's not going to make many. Um, But... You know, in and around the basket, he can he can get you some things. And again, on the offensive glass, he can do a, a lot for you. Uh, Curry's had a career high in points, 15 assists, 4 and minutes 35. So he's one of the better knockdown shooters in the NBA. Best, better, one of the better three-point shooters uh, in the league. So, um, you know, they get another weapon. Joe Harris is out. Looks like he's going to need a second ankle surgery. And it looks like they were dangling him as well in trade talks. Uh, so he wasn't off limits and you know Curry is going to be able to step in there probably going to be in the starting lineup now especially at home games where you're not going to have Kyrie and his job is just going to be able to to knock down shots he's not a great defender either so he's got to be able to to knock down those shots when you know KD's back and he's being double teamed and when Simmons you know kicks it out to him or Patty Mills or whoever uh maybe that player but the rumors with with the Sixers and and Nets have been going on for a while now. It's probably been two or three months. But they really started heating up the last three, four days prior to the deadline. And I think it was just a matter of time. I always thought, like once it really got down to business, the last, like I said, three, four days, I, I thought that, that a trade would be made. Or that, you know, Bed Simmons would leave um, Philly. Just the question was where he was going to go. Where was he going to go? And I think once the rumors became louder that Harden was 
not very happy in Brooklyn. That's when I thought that this trade is going to get done. And it, it, it only came down to, you know, like two players being included. Like, was Thibault going to be included? Maxi was, was an option, I, I would say, like a month, month and a half ago. But then I think he's such a good player right now that, you know, Philly said there's no way we're including him. So it became like, are they going to include uh, Thibault, um, Curry? Obviously, Drummond was being talked about. And then on the net side, was it going to be, you know, Harden? Patty Mills was being rumored as well. Um, so the right working in the right package, I think, was just the the, the biggest question going forward for this trade. Um, and I'll, just overall, like overall impressions of this trade or what I think, I'm just surprised that surprised that two teams in the same division, let alone the same conference, made a blockbuster trade. Like, sure, the Sixers got better because they're actually getting a player back who's going to play, but you've also made like your direct rival much better. So. I like I don't I I don't know unless this is just Maury saying look if we play Brooklyn in the playoffs like we're gonna beat them I'm not worried about this at all then that's a little bit different but you know you made one of your direct rivals I guess it is a direct because it's the same division so it's you made one of your rivals better because you're giving them you're giving them something that they desperately needed which is a, a ball handler especially with Kyrie playing only half the game so the game's at home. So you're giving them a ball handler and a guy who can defend. And I'm not even including Drummond, you know, a guy who could do some things offensively for them and great in offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds, whatever the case may be, and Seth Curry, a knockdown shooter. So Sixers better hope that this works out for them. We'll see what it gets. My prediction, honestly, I have no idea. On paper, I think that the Nets look a little better. But what happens if they go... What if what happens if Philly and the Nets play in the playoffs and, you know, Nets go down a game or two, like... Two, two nothing or, or three one or like where is Ben Simmons mentally like that's I think what a lot of people want to see me included like where is he going to be mentally and like I said good for the Sixers because they get a player a bona fide you know top 10 when he's player in the league when he's on his game and then that's get a guy who can defend and you know run the offense so some of the other trades that we have here um, Phoenix Suns get Torrey Craig and the Patriots get Jalen Smith and a 2022 second second round pick. So I'm I'm a big Jalen Smith guy. I really wanted the Toronto Raptors to make a run for him. Uh, I think he could be a serviceable big off the bench. We'll see. Maybe he can even start, to tell you the truth. Um, but I like his game. He's lanky. Torrey Craig goes back to the Phoenix Suns. He's already played there. I played for them last season and Milwaukee. So in the finals, no matter who won, he would get a ring. So this just you know kind of solidifies their depth going forward even though they're already very good. Mavericks acquire Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. Washington gets Kristaps Porzingis. So I've never been a big-time Kristaps Porzingis guy. And Yusuf, again, who used to come on the show, um, he was the same way. He was... I, he, I think he liked him, but, you know, when when uh, when he was traded to Dallas, I said, look, this is a good trade. He's way too injury-prone. And I don't think you could stick a guy like Kristaps with... who's constantly injured. He's... When he's really good, he can be a good second or third piece. But he's he misses so many games a season with injuries. And he's just not a guy that you can kind of count on. And if you remember, there was even a little dust-up with you know him and him and uh, Luca last season. So maybe that has something to do with it as well. Spencer Dinwiddie just hasn't been that great for the Washington Wizards. Um, I don't think he's he's been as good as they, they thought that he could be. Now he joins a Mavericks team where, you know, he could, he's able to handle the ball a little bit when when Luca's on the bench uh, they also have Jalen Brunson and he's just got to make these shots Davis Bertans as well he doesn't even play for Washington anymore 
he's got to be a guy who's who's capable of of making his shots and he's got to be able to do it um, playing for this Dallas team. Uh, Boston Celtics uh, received Derek White while these Spurs received Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford in the first round draft pick. So I really like this trade for, for Boston. Derek White is still only 27, 28 years old. He has two or three years left on his contract, which is very team friendly. I think it's like 14, 15 million. Uh, he's a guy who can run your offense a little bit. You already have Jason Tatum there, Jalen Brown. I've always said, especially this season, that you, and I know they've won something like nine of their last 11 or something. Um, I know that they're rolling now, but I just don't, I don't like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum together. We'll see what Derek White can give them. Like I said, I really like the pickup. They got rid of, Sh- of Schroeder. So, you know, Derek White, I fully expect him to start. They still have um, Smart, who can play defense, who can knock down some shots. Spurs, look, they get Josh Richardson, a guy who can hit shots. Romeo Langford was a first-round draft pick. Hasn't played too much for the Celtics. So we'll see what happens with him at, with the Spurs. Um, we'll see what he can provide. But I really like the trade for, for Boston. Again, team-friendly deal with, with Derek White. Uh, Pelicans receive CJ McCallum, Larry Nance Jr., Tony Snell. Blazers receive Josh Hart, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who was then traded to Utah. Thomas Ataransky, who was traded to Spurs and a bunch of picks so officially the backcourt of cj mccallum and dame willard is done so cj um goes to the pelicans i just i think he has the most uh jump shots made in the last like five seasons ahead of like everyone well if he has the most obviously he's ahead of everyone but um just shows you what kind of jump shooter is three point ability three point shooting ability you know a lot of playoff experience the question with the pelicans is like, what do we have in Brandon Ingram? Like, is Zion ever coming back? I still think that they need a number one guy. And I don't even know if Zion comes back if he is a number one guy. I don't think Brandon Ingram is a number one guy. And I don't think CJ McCallum is a number one guy. So we'll see how this trade works out. Larry Nance, I like as a player. He can He's a hard worker. He's, he can defend a little bit on the offensive end. He can get you some putbacks. Tony Snell is a knockdown shooter. We'll see if he stays with them, whatever the case may be. And going to... The Trailblazer, Josh Hart, he'll give he can give it to you on both ends as well. He can defend, he can make shots. And um yeah, looks like the Blazers are in almost like a rebuild mode. We'll see what if Dame stays, they're clearing up space. Maybe they're thinking of something in the summer. Uh and yeah, we'll see what kind of where Portland is now with this trade. Uh Hornets receive Montrez Harrell, Wizards Ish Smith, and Vernon Carey. Uh Montrez started off the season very good for Washington. Um you know, they were one of the better teams in the first like 20 or so games. Uh, you know, coming off the bench, he can give you 15 to 18 points, give you some rebounds. Not really much of a defender. Uh, his role is probably going to be off, off the bench as well in, in Charlotte. Ish Smith, veteran point guard um, to play for the Washington Wizards. And Vernon Carey Jr., just a guy who hasn't played much for um, guy who hasn't played much for the Hornets. And those are your trades. And there were obviously more, but they're just some smaller trades but yeah that's the episode for today oh sorry um winners and losers i'm gonna i'm gonna take brooklyn as the winner because of everything that i spoke about and the loser the loser you know i can have sacramento or i can have teams who really didn't do much um like the lakers or the knicks even though the knicks beat golden state last night um but i think i think sacramento honestly could be one of those teams as well again trading a guy that a lot of people saw as an untouchable and you know you sent him you sent him to indiana nothing against indiana but you know they're kind of fighting to even stay afloat 
So, and I get it. This is probably a move for the future. I was surprised that maybe Brogdon didn't move either because you now have uh, Tyrese Halliburton there. Maybe, you know, you could get first round draft pick and, and some players for, for Brogdon. Miles Turner ended up staying with the Pacers. Apparently he was a big fan of, of Tyrese Halliburton coming there. So, and he gets to play center now that Sabonis is gone. Um, you know, there were some rumors with, with Phoenix that they entertained Sabonis for uh, Aiton talks, which is interesting. So folks who don't remember, Aiton hasn't read up with, hasn't read up his contract with the Phoenix Suns. So that's something to follow. They just seem really hesitant to give him a new contract. But anyways, that's the show for today. The NBA trade deadline. Remember, you can find this podcast on Anchor, Anchor FM. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and if you use any other um, streaming platform, you can search Blago Blabber Podcast on there and find me on there. So thank you guys for listening, and until next time.